Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Random Musings. Thank you for all the love that you guys have uh, given to this season and to the previous seasons. It has become a template for every episode where I say I always wanted this person right from the beginning, so I'll I'll skip that part. Uh, but one thing I want to say is that our calendars have always been an issue for everything, uh, right from uh, getting the next guest on quizzing to some stuff with Sanab Abish, etc., etc., etc. But I'm so glad that finally we have achieved. uh his presence on something that i'm doing um i am so happy uh, uh that he is finally part of of this small little endeavor that we began a couple of years back uh one of the funniest people one of the uh, smartest people one of the one of the most uh, enthusiastic like you know the, the energy is the word like his i i don't think i know many people who uh, you know who radiate this kind of energy uh, wherever or whenever you meet him in any setting whether it's a green room or a random street in mumbai or toronto or anywhere else in the world i am so 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 happy to call uh, today's guest today's guest is of course abish matthew abish hello <laughs> <laughs> Abish, welcome, welcome to Random Musings. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. One of uh, one of my, you know, you have lasting memories with some people, and uh, although I have many many memories with you, but one of my uh, one of those memories that never go out of my brain when I think of you is a moment that you might not even remember. Uh, comes from Pune actually. Okay, so there was a show where. Uh, you me and zakir were performing okay so mm-hmm. i was doing a bit then you were doing your special then i was doing a bit then zakir was doing his special and that was the time when you were working for your special so just to give a uh, context to our audience any comic who has to tape a special does a lot of shows all over the country all over the globe sometimes to finally come up with their final product which they tape and once that show was over and i have seen many comics try their specials and then the moment that uh, that show of abish was over he came back to the green room with his ipad and his apple pencil and he started working so methodically on a on a digital sheet of paper it blew my mind i have never seen a comic with that level of organized you know approach toward a, a comedy special it's like this can go here this can go there this i tried here but this one actually works better here this i can remove this i'll add i was my mind was blown i have never seen something like that before or since then uh, and that reflects even now when abish and i talked about what we can talk about on this episode and after 32 episodes i'm saying 32nd guest i have never seen somebody with such clarity and organization of topics that he or she wanted to talk about so i want i want to just give a compliment to abish for being this person in general abish and so like i said uh, this is one of those very structured episode for a change although we are called random musing so it is an ironic oxymoronic uh, this thing but abish i want to start from the beginning uh, I, i know that uh, you spent some time in noida that is one of the things that that you and i have in common and then you worked in radio i think in delhi and then you started your stand up in delhi not many people know about that so i want to start today's episode uh, with you talking about your initial days of stand up in delhi and what was happening there and what happened there and then we'll go on to mumbai and everything else i've been dying to say these words <clears throat> you know back in my days <laughs> do um 
Okay, so I don't know if any uh, too many people have spoken about like how the Delhi stand-up scene, from my perspective at least, uh, started. Uh, for me, I think the passion of being a stand-up comedian came in very early on during school because again, I saw the late night show format and I was like, man, it's amazing. It captures an audience and it captures uh, what's happening with the audience and broadcasts it to the world, okay? And then in that moment, I remember there were internet videos started populating. I think a lot of Russell Peters videos, Robin Williams' uh, special live, I think was it Met, which was also there. Rowan Atkinson's, you know, an evening with Rowan Atkinson. So all of this was going on. The reason it's important is that conversations around comedy, you found friends. So one of the first friends I made in comedy was Raghav Mandava, right? Because he was from uh, a college, which is Venki. So for me, it was a close enough and uh, college and we had common friends and we became really good friends. We kept speaking about comedy. Um, there was this one show called The Medicine Show, which uh, Stefan K had organized at TLC, which used to be uh, a place that all the NDTV journalists and all the other, uh, uh, other journalists used to come and chill in the evening. So there I got the opportunity to host uh, a, 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 the show where I do stand up up top and so on and so forth. I remember that being a time where I'm like, I don't know anybody else who's doing it. Okay. But then shout out to Papa CJ when he came in, what he did was he set up, let's say an organized open mic uh, where people were coming in. That's probably the first time you saw a lot of people come in. And at that time you had Neeti Palta, Amit Tandon, Rajneesh, uh, you had uh, uh, Kamba started coming in. The venue started opening up, popping up. All of these were produced. Neeti Palta is such an integral part of running one of the toughest venues in Delhi where the, where the audience is not there to listen. So it's it's a very different audience. You have to grab them. They're not there for you. Okay. So that in a Delhi audience, I think is what made a lot of uh, uh, camaraderie coming together because we're all traumatized. There are stories of somebody. Uh, so another comedian, um, he was he's a singer and comedian, Samir Mayra. He was performing at a venue and then somebody had an issue and then they removed him um, them, and the comedians were there similarly for me, right? So these guys really started bonding really well. Lots of venues started opening up. So I used to go every night and perform. And then the friendship that grew ended up into multiple properties such as uh, Nishan, uh, Zakir, I and Mahip. We did a comedy and diversity show which we took out from there before even coming to Bombay or you know, having Bombay aspirations. So we had figured how to start traveling. For me, <laughs> I think that's what I genuinely enjoyed about everyone is equally traumatized and everybody's running venues. So first year of comedians were all running venues and they were doing their spot. So that was awesome. Wow. So you talked about Bombay aspiration, Abhish. So I'm visualizing you going to different spots and doing a, a, a full-time job as well and try to do too many things. But when did this shift happen? Like when did you decide that, okay, now is the moment that maybe I can go to Mumbai and see what's happening there. Ah, okay. Very interesting. I've never thought because this is personal and professional choice mode. Mm -hmm. Because if you are planning on going to a new city, it's of course personal as well. So mm -hmm. let me try to articulate it without taking too long. Uh, I think, uh, so I was doing radio uh, at Hit 95 FM, which was a live radio station, English music. So I got to try jokes. Now, at that time, I had done three years of radio. 
and stand up comedy at that time over the last year was able to pay over the weekend what i would earn in a radio station over the uh, month or quarter so i felt justified to tell my parents i want to do comedy exclusively and i'll be moving to bombay so 2011 i think i stayed in delhi by going to my friend johan and tracy's house shout out to them uh, he's a bass player um uh, she works in marketing but these guys were my bombay parents okay so they gave me a place to stay for a month Six months, so I used to do back and forth, and uh, I overstayed my welcome by like a mile, bro. I was there for like seven, eight months. Like, uh, they had fully adopted me. So that's when I officially moved because I got my first apartment. So the move had happened because uh, I lost a corporate show in Delhi because someone said that Bombay's a comedian are, and I'm like, but I do radio. I am. At least I'm worth thirty thousand. They're like, no, they took flight and everything because they said, "Are Bombay so the professional hoga?" And I always had this thing that I want to go to Bombay because for an artist, a promotion is where the scene is. So I hmm. want to go to Bombay. I would like to explore the seats. Now, for like in the sense, Toronto is a new market. I do want to see it's a bigger market. New York is even a bigger. So it's just till you can try. So I think that was part step one, which hmm. became like home without realizing. Hmm. 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 and then you came to bombay and uh, i want to talk about the initial days like did you did you go through this thing where you were like should i have come here should i have stayed back in delhi what was the initial fear year in mumbai like not at all bro if i have made a decision i'm like i'm 100% sold on me because every part of my personality is backing this decision because there are enough people to say why did you move to bombay <laughs> you had a comfortable life uh I think the first year, I'm, I'm. My parents are very supportive. My brother is extremely supportive. So my move to Bombay was emotionally supported. Financially, I had a certain amount game plan. The game plan was comedy show used to run at that time, and they used to give shows um Thursday, Friday, two shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday, or one show on Sunday. Seven thousand rupees, which would be thirty five thousand, right? So I was like, thirty five thousand is a good number for me to pay rent, which is twelve thousand rupees, and the rest of it I can keep, and I can keep sending five thousand back as an SIP, which my dad has started. So financially, I had a plan. So when I moved in, thanks to Johan and Tracy. uh i was very much at home food was always there didi was uh, mili didi used to come cook oh my god oh, what great mangalorean dishes i've had in the first year so i was very comfortable i had no no struggle like one room small in mahim uh and there was just the best landlord like i think i can't tell you how you know i think for me life is i haven't seen like it's presented any challenges it's presented presence So sometimes I'm like, am I delusional or am I really lucky? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then, so you're talking about twenty eleven, twelve ish right now, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think a couple of years later, it was I think twenty fifteen. I would like to assume fifteen or sixteen. Uh, is when I saw my first ever ticketed comedy show in my life. Uh, which was a son of a bee show in Saint Andrews, uh, Bandra. okay and uh, you spoke about uh, when you said about beginning uh, when you spoke about your college days in delhi you spoke about how you you were fascinated with late night show format and then uh, this was the first time i saw a live show which wasn't a late night show format as such but it was a lot of sketches i i remember kanan navin aditi etc they did uh, sketches and there was some stand up and and a lot of things were happening on stage and i my mind was again blown <laughs> i was like yaar what is this guy doing there's an auditorium 
in 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 mumbai where people are with these guys like what is happening here and and the context to that was actually i think seinfeld show got cancelled in mumbai okay <laughs> and we had ticket for the much awaited jerry seinfeld show and that got cancelled so my friend and i were like kuch to comedy dekhte and that's when we booked that show and and of course then uh, son of a beach became a thing online and people start watching it on youtube etc 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 and you self proclaimed you called yourself sasta jimmy fallon that was a hashtag for a while so you sort of modeled this after the late night show format i want to now talk about son of a beach uh, a beach how it started how was the journey because Sanam Abhishek is important for me in three senses. One, purely as an audience, I love watching it because you are great as a host, and there are some fun conversations with guests, etc., etc. Second, it's uh, it's very unique. It's one of those things that I personally always wanted to do, like a like a show, like a Graham Norton kind of a show where people come, I talk, and and all that. And thirdly, for, from within comedy, uh, I think a lot of people got chance to work on Sanam Abhishek as writers, uh, and and whatever. opportunity you gave them for example uh, anirbandas gupta saurav mehta a lot of these comics i think uruj etc a lot of people work with you ashwarya i think a lot of people work with you and you know found their way you were like uh, uh, like conan o'brien of comedy in some sense where you know that a lot of famous comics were interns on conan back in the day so i want you to talk about now why it started how it started and your whole journey with sanaf abish you know i feel like i need to bring my head closer to the screen for people to see like it's really big right now my head is really big <laughs> i don't think i've ever blushed on camera last 30 <laughs> seconds of me just looking like someone selling me i love you and i'm like i feel that motherly love you know you want to tear up and speak so you just it's very sweet too thank you very much <laughs> uh, to answer your question how did it start is the why did it start right the um always been on stage since i was very young first memory of one of the first memories of my life is me on stage wearing chaddi holding like a little kid holding this like mr universe so that as a foundational memory my parents really pushed me to be on stage all the time for music uh, church singing uh, santa claus for uh, fest always in front of stage in public so i was very happy with that and that was a skill that they had culminated in now i started doing stand up that we spoke about then what happened is i stumbled upon uh, the, the i remember it was jimmy i uh, know it was uh, j leno on my friend libin's house he lived in southex and every night everyone's having a party and drinking and i didn't drink so i used to watch whatever was playing on tv so i think z something was playing and what i saw was one person is making an audience laugh which i like doing but there are cameras capturing what's happening in the room and just broadcasting there is no addressal there is an addressal to the camera but the jokes the format how did he make me laugh became so uh, enthralling after that i researched what uh, um, i think what stand up is how does one do initial days of internet so american comedy academy there used to be one uh, internet i spoke to every alumni i reached out to hari kondo bolu i've sent emails to conan o'brien's team saying that hey appreciate your work really like the format something something hari kondo bolu responded and i had another conversation with him and when he came on sanav we shared no memory i'm like he responded there are people who respond so i don't know what it was but i remember when i moved to bombay i know that yahan par i know you can rent cameras delhi i don't know if you can rent cameras as such so i bought one camera because i was doing pun liners so i started editing this news weekly news show 
um, with puns at the end and made it a property called pun liners, just as something for me to still do the monologue format joke. Cause that's what I enjoyed doing about son of a beast. I think that is the beginning of after which when uh, I remember canvas love club was on and uh, I was chilling with the EIC boys. And, uh, at that time, I spoke to them saying that hey, I want to do this show where Tom Coase had blocked one day, 23rd of January, I think 2013 or 12th, not sure. And he said that, yeah, just this is a date, do whatever. So I told Tom, I want to do a talk show format. I want to do monologue. I want to do this. So Tom's like, don't worry about it. We'll market it. What do you want to call it? So I'm like, uh, I want, I don't know. I want to call it. I'll come back to it. My father's joke is son of a beast. You're a son of a beast. So I was like, that just seems right. Hmm. ESC did that told me do you want to take that risk or do you want to do an hour build an audience to do it and I remember that was great advice and I thought about it and I, I, you know a couple of days later I'm like no 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 I have to do this I have to do this I have to do this we mounted that show Amog uh, I think was opening and uh, somehow like people came in together with their cameras we got three angles and we shot with Sid Kuto because he's a friend and I know he's fun and I can do pre-taped segments much before, put it together, and then plant a show at the end with something like a show being formed. So I think that journey of doing the first episode was to sell tickets so that the second episode has 300 people at 399. We'll be able to at least get a certain amount of money that pays off the people on. Um, once I figured the first episode, then I was like, I got 30,000 views. Okay, <laughs> And I was like... in. Three months. I didn't release for a couple of months. And then I said, okay, I want to do more. I think then it just, then a lot of people, uh, friends reached out saying, we'll come to help. And I was like, this is, again, like I said, it was very blessed. Nobody came in saying, kya kar hai? everyone was so positive. Hmm. So I think that that's the root journey of when I bought that camera and on my Mac, when I started editing on Adobe Premiere Pro, I was obsessed with this guy called Video Copilot. I used to go to sleep watching Video Copilot videos of how to edit because I can't hire editor. Hmm. Camera to chalo hai. Even on Samsung, you can get uh, some kind of adjustment. But yeah. yeah. And then like it, it, it became a thing, right? Like, so uh, did you expect it to become like one of those? Okay. Number one, I don't know when you say thing. I want to know what do you specifically mean? Okay. Because for me, I, huh. it's like if you're if you're working on something like this, a yeah. lot of other things, I'm it's it's like I don't know how much of it is valid, how much you take in. No, uh, so yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair. I I know that feeling because when I meet someone and someone says, "Hey, you meet quizzing a thing," I'm like, hmm. for me, it's just a PPT that yes, I get a that. Zoom call where I just share and ask questions. I don't know what it is. Uh, but so no, when I said became a thing, I think first of all, it's peerless. Despite being a tried and tested format all over the world, I don't think anything in India comes close to Son of a Bish in terms of a fun show where there are guests, there's monologue. It's the closest we've gotten to uh, late night, uh, late night show formats. And it has endured, like it has been there for years now and it looks fresh every time I watch it. I look forward to it. Uh, but when you were doing the small room with 399, mm. 300 sitters, did you think that you'll be it'll become a show, like it'll become a show where to an extent where people will sometimes associate you with this show, you know? Oh, I got your answer. And the answer is very simple. Uh, I have thought this and I've spoken about it. Son of a Beesh is my resume. Hmm. Uh, like I would still want to host a global talk show or a, a, a show that's watched across the world, which has multiple things to it so for me this has always been how to do it next 
finding people like Lloyd and Absurdist and like everybody, Akriti, just Shutter Play Media, everyone coming in, OML being such a helpful part of building this project at the ground. Grow, um, I think I think is the is the main reason the show has existed. So for me, it hasn't. Uh, it's a resume to show that we are capable of building uh, Kumar Varun's uh, uh, Graham Norton show. Mm -hmm. um, where if you want to do it, I have Excel sheet knowledge of how to build it. Uh, mm -hmm. It will be very inaccurate, of course. Mm -hmm. But then some experiences of like not strategizing marketing, only doing in the last three months. That should mm -hmm. be first thing. So that kind of learning happened because people who came on Son of a Beach didn't come as a role. Mm -hmm. They did everything. So for mm -hmm. me, I'm like, how do you build that ecosystem? That ecosystem is so beautiful that if people are available, I can still tap and do a show. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why the show has existed. And uh, what it did in return for me is that any money that I invest in it, um, I will be able to make up for it with relevancy, with uh, some bit of corporate show, some bit of uh, ticket pull, stayed consistent for an X amount of time through a show as opposed to uh, doing it on reels. Because as you can see, I don't put up much. I, I have a lot of love for the format, but it's a little intimidating. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to be silly. Son of a bitch allows me to be silly because you're watching me for 30 to 50 minutes. You have full context of why I'm silly. But if I put like a good morning random filter message, Hmm. not a reel it's a story but i enjoy doing that on stories hmm. but on screen permanently i'd like to present a show so if i learn how to do the show then i know i can present it hopefully it gets to a point where people can do the show and i just get to host it hmm. 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 you also abish this episode started with you in in with a guitar in your hand and i know no. <laughs> you, you love music and apart from so many things that you do from like improv to sometimes acting and sometimes this bunch of silly things in your words yeah. that you do. But one of those things includes music. Uh, and and did you did you learn music when you came here? Like, did you do classes or like what is your journey with like music, so to speak? I regret so much not studying music when my parents had given father gregory who was a musician in church he was he came to teach me and i didn't learn sir norman who's my music mentor in school uh he taught me a few chords to play to support myself in singing because i was mostly a singer so i didn't pick up any musical theory or like dexterity on the guitar all my songs still have a similar chord structure um so i enjoy singing like okay i like how i feel when i sing but I like how my mouth sounds when I rap. Uh, and I'll uh, and I, I hope I pick up an instrument. So that way I'll be a fully supported. I can do it. So the journey is always consistent, hasn't stopped. It took a huge decade-long pause when comedy was being built up, son of a beach time. Mm -hmm. uh, now with age, I've gone back to it. Like shout out to Lost Stories Academy, actually, who um I've done like a six months course with them on making uh, uh, on EDM production and uh, uh, and Ableton as such, right? Music theory, all of that. Uh, not that as much genre, but I just wanted to get something other than singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. uh, dude, I was going through <laughs> all the files yesterday. KV, it sounds like dong, 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 and I laughed out so hard <laughs> that I attempted to make music, but I made comedy happily. If it's good, it's if it's good, it's music. If it's not, hey, it's comedy. So I don't know. I'm I'm still I still haven't figured it out. So I get very excited uh, with music uh, music opportunities, but not on not 
not available for hire yet oh ma'am abhi se wanna we'll move on to some non comedy and non professional topics after this but i wanted to end this with because you said you started in 2011 2013 even earlier we're talking about timelines which we sometimes blows our mind i'm using it for the third time in this episode but it's been more than 10 years like when you're talking about 2011 you were trying to do comedy in delhi i was also in delhi doing my mba in 2011 so i'm trying to think like while you were doing comedy i was going to college making like uh, bcg matrix and whatever else it's been a while you know and yeah. a lot of things have changed like when you talk about delhi scene the scene that you're talking about is completely different from the delhi scene that uh, you would talk about today similarly mumbai and youtube you said 30000 views oh my god today 30000 views is is nothing okay so you know times have changed things have changed are there things you miss from the initial days of comedy yeah i think a lot of collaboration uh with the success i think with the onset of youtube um what happened is that it became more economical to be an independent stand up comedian because that way it is a higher income source uh, a lot of collaborations that existed uh, aib eic sng um uh, improv crews that existed other than just the comedy realm you could see that economically there was a lot more maybe funds were just about to come in so i feel like what happened was that a lot of collaboration was always for me personally became um blockaded with opportunity because suddenly i learned a language of collaboration as opposed to what truly collaboration is right so personally i think i found son of a beast to still be collaborative and get as many people as possible but live shows collaboration kind of declined because um, it came up but now duo is tougher to travel so it's better to do a solo career a corporate show would be able to hire you as a uh in my profession at least people consider me a comedian host as well so i so it becomes economics according to me and secondly it like with if you see instagram with showing like uh, kumar varun abhish matthew have posted together you still get both visibility uh but the translation might still be low because it's still a newer account it mm. could be still be higher i don't know right like it became all numbers which is great everything does become numbers it's it's just a change of an artist we need to account for so i feel like the one thing i would want back is open mics became a place where we come and chill like kv your parties are a place we get to come and meet uh grin shows is a place that we get to go do shows habitat is a place where we go to come chill uh because all of these are live venue places and i think that i'm I've just started coming back to stage and I would want to share more stage time hmm. with my comedy friends who I collaborate on a digital space mostly and not in a live space when our core value is live that's hmm. our core excellence that's why Sanap Abish always has a live audience because it'll give me my best performance and the guests will also behave themselves so I think on stage collaborations have kind of reduced because the economics of a live show work really well on max profit when it's an individual operation hmm I yeah I mean this collaboration thing we uh, also Rahul and I and we often talk about my last meeting and most of our last conversations have been around Toronto and Canada because that's where we met last time we had nice coffee Toronto International Film Festival was happening and you've uh, you've traveled there quite often of late because your parents have moved there I keep going there every year but uh, and in the beginning when you talk when you talked about 
your childhood, your career. You said your parents were always there for you. They were always supporting you. And you did a surprise visit to your parents for their anniversary. So there is something happening there. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of love between you and your parents. But I often wonder, and you and I have discussed it offline, about just the sheer distance uh, when, say, your parents are in Vancouver and you're here. It's not even Delhi, Bombay anymore. It's not even Dubai, Bombay. It's not even Singapore, Bombay. It's not even Vancouver, North America and India are literally like halfway, more than halfway across the world. So first of all, distance, especially when your parents are getting older. How is that working? And I want to talk about, I want you to talk about your equation with parents, especially with time. Because this is a topic that most of us think about right we have reached an age where our parents are old and sometimes we don't want to talk about certain things but there is something happening back <laughs> of our mind for all of us in our generation i was recently talking to a friend and i and i just asked her we were doing a rapid fire kind of a thing and i said what's your greatest fear mm. and and there was very awkward silence <laughs> and we both understood what she meant and and so it became very emotional out of nowhere and we were like oh my god no sorry we should but it is it is what it is so you uh your equation with aging parents especially uh, living so far apart how is that working out for you like uh number one oh this is where you need to know my family a little bit more my elder brother is a rock star he is superhero max he has been taking care of my parents i mean our parents with so much comfort and uh, so much care that from my parents alone being there now i have cousins with their families moved nephews who've moved studying in universities but christmases uh, uh, i was there last time for my bye bye party because i'm going back to india we said only close members because i was buying pro 29 people, 29 people. When I say close people in Bombay, it would be one person, the reflection. So at that point in time, I feel like um, mindset wise, my I have a lot of family. We grew up as cousins, right? So lots of uncles, lots of aunts. So we all are very tight. So number one, it feels great that they're secured because I feel like now I want to be a contributor as opposed to a lot of uh, friends of our age have the responsibility of their parents. I have the privilege of extending the the support to my family because my brother and my entire cousins and nephews are taking care of it. They have one grandchild, but they have another grandchild because of the closeness of the family. So looking at that from a distance is beautiful. WhatsApp groups popping up with Canada photos, dinner, barbecues. So you feel fulfilled when you're in a city where you don't have a single family member so it feels good you just miss it and then sometimes i'm like i want to go there for christmas but gig season okay but i need to do this but the shoot is gonna happen sure. so that feels very odd and that distance i felt a lot in 2019 so i started doing this 7 a.m call okay. with my parents every day scheduled as you would know <laughs> now become Every day I speak to him, every single day for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, phone. I've given them a tripod like this and they go sit down and then I'm just I'm just speaking to them for hours. I'm working. They have just finished their house prayer. So they are ready to talk to me like it's a TV set. So I feel like that kind of screen window became like I'm on this house. You're there doing something or the other. 
um so my relationship grew even closer because my uh, parents started showing themselves a little bit more with age hmm. uh, you know with uh, my father just recently mentioned oh, we we need to make a will and my brother and i laughed it's like we don't have anything <laughs> right we have nothing it's here there's no ownership on anything so my father's like uh, just i don't know maybe there's something so he's just figure it out so he's dedicating tasks my brother's dedicated so i'm figuring that out so what happened in this is the conversation is already progressing towards aging parents so it uh, is allowing me to spend so much time taking screenshots that at a time when that no longer is my biggest fear because i've accumulated so many memories that i can still uh, keep going back to uh that started because my father back in the day when we were young used to record our voice tapes on tapes so we have memories of that so then i'm looking at how do i extend this memory i asked them to write uh, 100 in malayalam paranchol which means old proverbs my dad's really good at it collaboratively they wrote 400 so now i've 400 handwritten pages of my dad and my mom so that's also there so i am archiving memories as opposed to later fading so i think that's how i'm dealing with it oh man this uh, topic just makes me emotional every time i talk <laughs> because i have when you were talking about your calls i'm like i i should do these things you know like like a daily call kind of a thing i had a call with my mom yesterday which was a, not a good call you know some mm. family issues and i should it wasn't a good call and i'm now thinking the first thing i have to do after we are done is to call her and be like <laughs> you know to to override that memory yeah. because the parents uh, relatively we from say my mom and i since our last call i might have done a lot of other things uh, to forget about the call because too many things are happening but for, for my mom i guess it would have impacted her more because she would have stayed with that feeling much more she won't have gone out and did the things that i have been doing so maybe she still think about that call more than i am so i think i think i think i need to call you know i just to give you one small insight into a gossip thing maybe like you shared my mom and i also had an uncomfortable call about something and then my dad was listening then next day his 5 am in the morning he comes down stairs he's like he calls me he said listen okay i am on your side okay just no okay good night and he cuts the call goes back so i'm like oh okay good so there is then my mom calls some mom usually calls like somebody in the family needs money so i'm like okay okay i'll speak to them and i'll figure and so, so both have two different personalities and then they have a great personality together now if i did individual calls then it will always be to one pre- parent you prefer you love both equally but you prefer talking to one <laughs> yeah coincidentally even my bad call was about money and somebody in the family needing money <laughs> it's the age i feel when they, they don't think so they like <laughs> so yeah gold invest in gold yeah <laughs> i kept uh, my mom so the summary was uh, my mom said i don't know why we are talking about it but anyway my mom it, said x person needs money and i am thinking if x person is given y amount it will be done so yeah and then my thing was mummy please make a note asking for money is a habit okay so if you think that you will give y amount and it will be done for life it will never happen okay it is a thing there are two types of people one one kind has this much money and they work around it 
and there's always another kind who is like no but i need this one so let me ask yeah. and this person is that person he will keep asking you but <laughs> and then my mom was like no but no no i escalated and i was like oh my god no <sighs> okay <laughs> you know how i've circumvented that please tell me 28 <laughs> so i have only a few more years to be generous so all family members better start reacting and contacting my parents now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay um uh, abhish you you mentioned uh, when you were a kid you uh, used to go to church to sing and there was a music mentor and teacher and etc so there was a presence of church in some way in your life and even now you said your parents call you after their evening prayer so obviously your parents uh, have a ritual of a prayer every day so i want to talk about your equation with religion and god mm-hmm. in general has what is the status now has it evolved over years are you seeing a change with a life experience that a lot of us go through and our equation with god is never constant it keeps evolving basis how our life is evolving so do you believe in god let, let me let me start from there Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent believe in God. It's like I say, faith is a choice. Ah, uh, you some might call it faith, some might call it delusion. Ah, uh, some might call it coping mechanism. Some might call, it could be anything, but those are different worlds and universes. So in my universe, ah, uh, belief in God gives me a constant sense of not alone. Hmm. so i can be more chirpy secondly it guides my moral compass towards empathy or ethics or let's say if you're doctrined in exactly what you need to do whatever it comes with its own goods and bads i guess <clears throat> this is a choice of my parents because they are extremely my mom is extremely religious my dad is extremely religious they go to church my dad used to work in the church for 12 years as a secretary he has handled books he's made sure that the ethics of the church have run mm-hmm. because of the church i was able to start singing in a choir mm-hmm. uh, i started going on stage to act because of community church not being religion but the parish mm-hmm. uh, gave us as malayalis who had moved to up noida mm-hmm. a community of people to still invite do christmas caroling we used to live in a air force naval area so all of the non christians also they were so happy because they were like oh christmas song come to our house also so i feel like there's so much good that i got out of it that when i grew up i see the extreme bads on that side mm-hmm. but if i look at it as an if your spiritual belief is implosive wrong term but if it's mirrors pointing inwards as opposed to lens looking outwards is how i would call my uh belief with god so that in the action of doing hopefully you do something good so keeping that uh choice or uh following that that you evolve with but keeping that faith in makes you that you will become more malleable in time but keeping the faith of wanting to search towards it more so i think that uh, delicately i would say is a it's a journey where i'm if you ask me what it is right now yeah i believe in god later i will believe in god why because that's a choice and one day i'll die so when i die i have to i have to pretend to be this person for till i die which 
to be now or 90 80 whoever i'm happy with this so it there's no reason for me to drop it it hasn't given me anything bad yet you you uh, wish you talked about uh, doing good uh, in in uh, you know that we do good things in the middle when you when you talking about god so are there any foundations that you support or are there any sorry wish but like no problem man no, i can give you some notes that i've written to my <laughs> uh fair fair okay so abish you you talked about doing good while you were talking about your equation with god and religion uh, are there any of course being good and doing good is is another big chapter but are there any uh, foundations that you support or any causes that you support that uh, are a constant in your life um uh, so uh, i think not related to god and ethics uh-huh. but in general i think upbringing yeah. my parents are uh if taught us a certain way of living uh which i'm very proud of so uh it's it's a it's an upbringing of giving like right from my father to my mother to my uh, my brother we keep nothing and that's uh if possible um i mean that's a big thing i mean that's sounds very grandiose but whatever the ethics are like don't keep this share <clears throat> um um i had a couple of i've always wanted to there's this concept 10% of your income you need to give to church so similarly if 10% of your income can be given to something like somebody if you don't believe in god if you don't believe in an institution that's good uh, but that shouldn't cut yourself loose from giving uh i think one should give as much as they can for as long as they can um consistently so uh, the reason i'm saying this is so that it doesn't seem like i'm supporting a foundation there are people who i'm speaking to and finding how i can help because i can offer time and if there's any experience or any excel sheets that i can prepare yeah. um uh so number uh, i mean not in any particular order but i'm always constantly in touch with like feeding from far which is paritosh and uh, a lot of i made a lot of friends from there like pooja reddy um and uh, just they did some extraordinary work uh during the lockdown so i felt very uh, uh, it was it was very good then dharavi art foundation met himanshu uh, have to meet aki yet they run uh, dharavi art La- library the art foundation uh they are somebody you should 100% do a little bit of research and find out what they're doing uh hartirat did an episode for one of his shows where he got different different i think people and something so in that episode i've spoken about dharavi art foundation a little bit more even though that episode covers a lot of other things but mm-hmm. they um they work with kids in the art field so supporting is important financially strategically but hopefully also financially cuz they give scholarships to their students they then tell the parents that they have the funding let them go to the art school and then there are some students that have gotten to college yet because of the groundwork that they have done i have uh, i have experienced over the years of like they have been able to build it they just need a little bit more support to inflate that system to keep, and then there's constant changes happening where there so i feel like they are somebody i uh, I, i always uh, give them so i feel like i think as a lifestyle you should give a certain percent to uh, people like in your case like a family member wanted it but yeah. you know 
it's this way you can circumvent that by saying acha josko de dena de isko i mean like yeah, yeah, figure yeah. your own moral yeah. compass every new year i give i feel great are the point is you have an ego you're filling it up yeah. so if somebody else can benefit out of you feeling ego then that's how you work through privilege i guess fair 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 okay i'll i'll try and put these links in the description for people to read more about uh, the foundation uh, and uh, abish you uh, while you're talking about god and your belief uh, i think in the middle you said ki i believe and i'll not believe i believe and then i'll die you know something <laughs> like that <laughs> so i'm not going to talk about death we are not that podcast why it'll be such a great episode next there's <laughs> so much to say about it <laughs> yeah but no they say people die twice one is their physical death which happens when it happens and then one is uh, their how do i put it their uh, artistic death which is very like they just quit living you know so you don't die literally but metaphorically you you're done you're done with this life um do you ever think of uh, quitting all this and like retiring because with your energy i can't imagine but uh, is there a point that when have you ever thought that ho gaya yaar itna energy nahi hai yaar like it's or do you have a or you think never i'll die on stage that kind of a person just you take a guess <laughs> <laughs> i don't think until we see great grandson of abish or something <laughs> yeah i think not now i think you know it's i i think i also asked you like what is even retirement like for people with corporate jobs they don't know what the retirement is for us when we are also figuring each month each quarter each year uh you are figure how can you retire so what i think could be a good retirement is to uh uh find a good life partner and hope they earn <laughs> <laughs> i hope they have a retirement plan cuz i can sleep on a khatiya also so my retirement plan is give me a couch and if no couch i just under a box i will okay no but in all seriousness i don't know what retirement is i enjoy what i'm doing um i wish i was happier in what i was doing and i wish i was uh, there are other wishes to it so i haven't accomplished any of those wishes so retirement just seems like uh, i haven't put out 10 albums i haven't done this i haven't done that yeah. so it's exciting it's not stressful yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's exciting but i guess at a certain time if when i start having a fam i've been so removed from family for major part of my adult years that i am amidst friends amidst the same set amidst a similar mindset uh, it's comfortable to talk to you the family is discomfort because the earlier person of yours yeah so i think maturity is still finding the blend because how else do you otherwise i'm great at living alone lockdown had an amazing time yeah. nobody met oh just started learning how to cook to care of myself it's weird but i think with family uh, i think that the retirement will be figured mm-hmm. uh, but as of now what is even what is if you get all the money in the world Yeah. that's the hypothesis right all the money in the world you figure it out through investments whatever and you are at 60 i am i if i if i my dad's health oh 100% still on stage 100% still if possible doing a show uh 70 which my father was say about 8 years ago 100% on stage uh or might not be doing stage i might have figured another way of expression Yeah. My seventy-eight. If I live up to eighty, hundred percent, I will be vlogging there. 
hundred nobody would have seen an eighty year old vlog when an alien civilization comes to discover. They would find the oldest person vlogging. It'll be Tanmay and I <laughs> competing with each other, and he'll be like, "Hey man!" Then we live the next day, and I'm like, "Oh, today I'm hundred and one." Tanmay puts a yellow book. Today I'm hundred and two. Wow. Live long. I hope, inshallah, all of these wishes come true. Okay, thank you so much, Abish, for for uh, as expected, amazing, amazing conversation from your professional journey to your personal journey, journey of a person. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, now go to our favorite part, which is rapid fire. Uh, rapid fire is very simple, Abish. I'll just ask you ten questions. All you need to do is not think. Okay, you have to answer what comes on your mind without thinking, and then we'll go back to your answers. And in case you feel like adding something, one or two lines about your answers, you can do that. Okay. I thought rapid fire. I thought rapid fire was uh uh 2020 COVID HRKRA. <laughs> okay, on that note, rapid fire with Abhish Matthew. Question number one: favorite Indian stand-up comedian? Kanan Gill. Favorite international stand-up comedian? Uh Rory Scovel. Rory Scovel. Favorite son of a beast guest ever? Uh, uh, Vidya Balan. Favorite Indian comedy special? Uh, Tathastu. Favorite thing about Canada? Family. Favorite band or artist? Uh, currently? Yeah, or all time. Whatever. Uh, of all time. Oh, all time is big, dude. Okay. Currently, uh, Dhruv Vishwanath. Dhruv Vishwanath. Uh, uh, easy Wanderlings. Okay. And all time, uh, all time Westlife. Oh, they were just in Bombay. I just watched them. Nice. <laughs> okay. One thing that you think is better about Mumbai versus Delhi. Like Mumbai does better than Delhi. Uh... More professional, more on the meter. So, more accountable. More professional. One thing Delhi does better than Mumbai. Uh, hospitality. Okay, last two questions. If not a comedian, what would have Abish been? Like, what alternate profession you think Abish would have done in life, if not a comic? Well, if I wasn't a comedian, I'd be great at HR because I'm nice and spineless. Okay, last question. Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, uh, Craig Ferguson. Late, late with Craig Ferguson. Oh, wow. And The Office, but Craig Ferguson because of, yeah. Okay, so we will go back to your answer in case you feel like talking about them for like 30 seconds, one minute, we'll do that. Favorite Indian, Indian stand-up comedian? You pick Kanan Gill. Do you want to oh. add something to that? Why Kanan yeah. Uh Kanan Gill, because I think he's, uh, uh, he's very, uh, he's a wordsmith. Zakin and I were speaking about it when he released his first special that Kanan is a wordsmith and I really like the way his brain tickles with the concept of stuff. So I kind of like his approach of things. Uh, don't have aspirations to be similar, but I'm like, ah, that's very good. I have aspirations to be similar to Taylor Tomlinson because she's really good and analytical and uh, I mean, not analytical, like if it's, it's well said, well structured, good jokes. So she's like, ah, I want to be like, but Kanan, because I find it very interesting. Uh, yeah, so that's why Kanan. Favorite international comedian, do you want to talk about Rory? Rory Scovel. Rory, Rory Scovel is great because he is this, he comes from improv background. Like he okay. feels joy in improv similar like mine. 
and he does stand up and his jokes are very like his performances his pieces are alternative every time you see him it's refreshing you look forward to mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound like uh it's so different like rowan atkinson uh each piece is different uh navin and i both of us had ambitions of not just doing stand up but like pieces as such so mm-hmm. he's the closest to what i would eventually uh not eventually is like closest to like <gasps> this is some, everything you watch is like amazing for me because i'm like what a great choice mm-hmm. okay favorite son of abish guest ever was vidya balan why vidya why? balan yeah. oh man she's uh, okay so when you're working with vidya balan you you're you're expecting a list she is laughing before you were meeting you she comes in like oh my god you are like, she's already so bubbly that on stage one episode uh, this vidya balan with dulkar salman episode we had to cut out 10 minutes of the episode uh, from the live taping because something happened where she started off laughing and we were talking about laughing and copying laughter infectious laughter it generally became infectious i couldn't stop laughing the audience couldn't stop laughing I'm laughing so much. I had to stand up, so my clothes have gone away. And she is also she needs a makeup person is coming while she's laughing, and the audience is standing taking a break. Our cameras are blocked, and Akriti is losing her shit in the PCR. And then we come and sit down and we retain. Dulkar Salman is laughing in the most cool way. <laughs> He was perfect. So I think that that moment was so good. As a personal life, I'm like, yeah, I had such a great. Uh, I had a blast with her, which usually. uh i have to orchestrate but she did so yeah, yeah. yeah. okay uh, favorite indian comedy special you picked tathastu that's by zakir khan i uh, placed the sastu tathastu because it's his third comedy special and the way zakir's uh, special was crafted uh because i did journey of a joke after that i became i really like the special because i watched it three times over made notes try to analyze uh, just do my shit for joj and i think when i saw that special and after i spoke to him i got a true insight of what that show is uh, a lot of people are attached to the special and he was very consistent about wo uska alag journey hai so it allowed me to look at it without any context of uh, his so it was very well crafted with a point in the story that dips which is a reason to i uh, and then it pulls back. so it had a very entertainingly empathetic note and mm. that kind of dexterity i usually never try or mm. have not explored so i was very like a friend of mine who i do know has done this i'm like this is this is a great special so by tomorrow uh, yeah so so that's why i like that special a lot okay uh, thinking about canada i think we spoke about it earlier also which is family uh, you want to talk quickly talk about some of these artists that you said so that people who are watching can maybe go and explore them through vishwanath Bruvishnath, uh, easily want, easy wandering. So I've always been friends of musicians before comedians were friends, right? Because mm-hmm. I come from the music background. Also, Johan and Tracy, also from the music scene. Everyone uh, back at OML, also from the uh, music scene. So there was a lot of music. We used to meet at music gigs, mm-hmm. uh, mostly. So uh, because I'm friends with most of them and also fan of their music, I'm in a very nice space because uh, I feel like I have the privilege of speaking to the music scene because I want to work with them. So mm-hmm. these guys are really good. Uh, as of now, I'll name these two. Otherwise, as the list is very long. Okay. Uh, one thing Mumbai does better than Delhi. You said more professionalism and hence more yeah. accountability. Accountability, faith. You can trust people. Uh, yeah, yeah. It takes longer in Delhi. You get there, but it yeah. it gets expedited here because of the proximity of accommodation. Correct. Correct. Yeah. One thing about Delhi, you said hospitality is better. Oh than yeah, bro. Mumbai. There's some. It's weird. There's a concept in Delhi called hack. <laughs> तू तो घर कैसे नहीं आएगा 
एंड दैट्स ऑल कम्स ऑन द फैक्ट दैट यू माय फ्रेंड आई एल होस्ट यू मैं आ रहा हूं तेरे घर पे तेरा मतलब क्या तू डिप्रेस है मैं पहुंच रहा हूं दैट इज ऑल पार्ट ऑफ हॉस्पिटैलिटी यू हैव यू डिड टेक केयर ऑफ यू दिल बहुत बड़ा है सो दैट कांसेप्ट ऑफ हक रिमेंस इन दिल्ली एंड इन बॉम्बे यू लाइक इट्स टू मच हॉस्पिटैलिटी पीपल Bam, I I totally I mean again this is the topic we can talk about so, but I'll just give one instance uh, as you know um, uh, my wedding uh, last year I think it will come in but so my wedding which happened recently as you know and uh, my family was here some some part of my family was here and they were like and they pointed towards the door opposite to our house and they said ki ye log aa rahe hain something like that and I'm like nahi inko to nahi bulaya and they just couldn't believe they like you haven't called people from your building to the wedding and i said uh, no and said how i think because i really don't know any of them and they couldn't wrap their hands around it they were like aisa kaise ho sakta hai ye tere padosi nahi aa raha shaadi i'm like mummy bombay aisa hi hai sab apna apna kaam kar rahe ho koi bura nahi maar rahe ho to bura maan jayenge is building mein shaadi bulaye koi bura nahi manega सबका लाइफ चल रहा है आई विल नेवर एक्सपेक्ट इस बिल्डिंग में कोई मुझे शादी के लिए बुलाएगा इट्स वेरी फनी बट दिल्ली इट्स अनइमेजिनेबल दिल्ली में तो फुल स्ट्रीट यू विल कॉल यार एवरीबॉडी वुड नो राइट फ्रॉम द बिगिनिंग कि इस तारीख को इस घर में शादी है दैट्स व्हाई इफ एनीवन इज प्लानिंग ऑन गेटिंग मैरिड गेट मैरिड इन बॉम्बे बिकॉज़ योर गेस्ट लिस्ट विल बी कट डाउन बाय वेरी स्मॉल या या मे बी दिल्ली दैट्स व्हाई दिल्ली वेडिंग्स आर लाइक वो ओके इफ नॉट अ कॉमेडियन यू सेड यू वुड बी एन एचआर you would no 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 <laughs> i mean i mean i'll be good at it but i'll be better at yeah. other things yeah 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 uh, if i was a uh, comedian i think i'd be uh, i'd be doing music for sure huh. uh, yeah. i would have maybe continued in radio huh. and uh, but i always look at like what's my bare minimum like if comedy uh, i wasn't doing what at my age what would i have been doing i think at an ad agency i would have been uh, something like it yeah. start from copywriter see what your capabilities because it's a very different industry so one can't assume yeah. uh, directorship but i feel like i would have learned faster yeah. so i feel like uh, if i wasn't doing comedy i'd still be on stage okay if comedy wasn't paying the bills i would still be going on stage while doing ad agency or radio like i did earlier cuz stand up started uh, when there was no scene so stand up is always passion because paisa radio se aa raha hai jab paisa aane laga we were all surprised correct None of us had a plan to quit our day jobs. Right. Amit Tanne right. was still very happy running his successful computer empire. He did this for passion. So someone like an Amit and Atul is when they shift a career to a full stand-up comedian. It's a good sign for all of us young people to know that yes, this is a good business strategy. They know it. They've done it. So yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, Craig Ferguson is what you yeah. said. Oh man, Craig Ferguson! Uh, it's a it's the perfect show. A huge fan of Craig Ferguson's show because of the format. It's live with the audience. It's fully improvised, and it's televised, and the personality is so uh, 
amazing you can let it play in the background you don't need full attention and i feel like any tv show that needs my full attention is not a show that i like mm-hmm. uh, i would like to watch something that's running that's why i said power of radio there's still an audience liking passive entertainment son of a bitch i don't want anyone to watch it i would like if everyone watches it together but uh, even if you're watching alone no need to pay full attention come back to it mm-hmm. so uh, my passion is to build something like that jeopardy is another great example of a yeah, show yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode. Avish, thank you so much for taking out time and and being a part of Random Musing. This was this was beautiful. Thank you <laughs> to your only Bombay friend. Thanks to him as well. Thank you. Thank this you so much. After I look at it. <laughs> thank you, Avish. This means a lot. That you thank you here. so much for having me, man, and thank you for saying so many nice things and making me go down memory lane. Please make sure you watch Random Musings because Random Musings is where you get to see comedians talk about what they feel. That's right. Find out Random Musing at www.journeyofajoke.com for more yes. deeper conversations with me, Abish Matthew. Oh, thank hi, you. KV. <laughs> thank you, Abish. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, audience. Thank you, thank you, thank you.